Good morning. Man, Dallas was praying. He had me all fired up. I was amen him over there in the corner. Uh, I tell you, think about that. Think about what he prayed about, the check. Some of us think that that amount was just a little bit. We were so good that all he had to do was just pay a little bit. He just had to write a $10 check to cover our sins. If that's you this morning, the altar is open right now. Please come down. Because I know how jacked up I was when I met Jesus. And I'm so thankful that he see me worthy to be able to, to write a check to pay the penalty of my sins. And today is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've been singing songs about because he lives. And some of y'all have been singing like he's still in the grave this morning. It's, it's something to be excited about, Amen. We need to be happy this morning because we serve a risen Savior. He said, Muhammad's dead. Buddha's dead, but Jesus is alive. And man, that's awesome. That's something we should be shouting happy about, amen? Every morning, wake up in a, with a grateful heart saying, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for how you love me, by how you're living inside of me, by how you're walking with me. We should be thankful every single day. Russ wrote me a little, he writes me little messages from time to time. He wrote me a message and it says, today the lion became, I mean, the lamb became the lion. Today, the lamb became the lion. He rose from victory, amen? When Jesus rose from the dead, when Jesus rose from the grave, he took the, the keys of death and hell with him. So we don't have, if we trust and follow Jesus, we don't have to encounter those things. We're going to die from this world, but the moment we die, we're going to pass over into the next world. Amen? We're going to be walking, those of us that are truly following Jesus, we're going to be walking on the streets of glory with Jesus. I'm going to be able to talk to my Savior after, I'm so, after I've been worshiping for about 10,000 years on my hands and knees, thanking him for what he's done for me. Y'all think about that. It's an amazing thing that God's done for us. We've been going through this series called Thy Kingdom Come, and it's going through a, 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 the parables in Matthew chapter 13 where Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like. And it's so important that we understand what the kingdom of God is like. He's trying to give us a glimpse of what the kingdom looks like. He's trying to give us a glimpse of what, if, if, the, if we're part of God's kingdom, then this is what we will be like, amen? This is how we will respond. This is how we will live. This is how we will love. This is how we will respond if we are people of the kingdom. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold everything he had and bought that field. Verse 45, he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So Jesus has given us this, this, like this, this vision of what the kingdom of God is like. He said the kingdom of God is so valuable that it's just a, it's in correlation to this treasure. When this man found this treasure, he stumbled across this treasure in a field. He found it. He's like, he realized how valuable this thing was. He realized it was more valuable than anything he had. He realized it was more valuable than any possession he had, anything he had right in that moment. He was like, oh my Lord, I just... I just stumbled across this valuable thing. He hid it for nobody else could find it. And he ran back to town and sold everything that he had, everything that made him the man he was at that time, everything, every possession, everything he had, he sold all of that, counted all of that as worthless 
for the treasury found in the field. That's what Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like. It's so valuable that everything else in our life should be worthless in comparison. But we don't live that way. We live, this is my kingdom. And Jesus, I value you enough to see you on the weekends. I value enough to come see you on Christmas and Easter. I value enough to come talk to you when I'm in trouble. I value enough to pick up your word when I'm in dire need of something. We don't value him. And what he's saying is that if you are a person and a man or a woman, if you are a part of the kingdom of God, then you will value him and his kingdom more than you value anything else. We grow up in a community, we grow up in a community and a society where everything else is more important. What, if people say, what do you value the most? Let me tell you, what you value the most is what you put your time, your money, and your attention in. Amen? What you pursue, the things that has your heart, the things that you are just engulfed, everything about you, that is what has your heart. That is what has your time. That is what you value the most. See, the thing is, if I, it, it trips me out when I see people um, that has won the lottery or something, won a lot of money. First thing they do, because they realize they got all this money. They can buy anything they, got, they want. They got, they got a, a lot of value right there. They go buy every, any kind of car they want. They buy vehicles they want. Man, it's, they go, it's like rags to riches. You know what I'm saying? Man's riding around a broke-down Ford truck. Can't hardly run. Two days later, he's driving a brand-new $70,000 F-250. Don't even need it, but he's driving it because he's got the money to buy it. Because he, he's like, oh, look, I got value now. He thought that money gave him value. A lot of times we think our possessions give us value. The more we have gives us value. The more we can accomplish gives us value. I want to tell you a little secret. Everything in this earth, everything in this world right now is passing away. Everything. Just, just wait. Just get a little older. The stuff's going to stop working as good as it used to work. Amen? Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's, your knee's going to start giving away. Your back's going to start falling out. You, 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 your body's going to start wanting to shut down. It's wanting to die. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, everything in us is made to die. One day we're going to die. But what we put our trust and our faith in on this earth right now depends, it shows where we're going to live for eternity. Amen? You know, you, you buy a house, you think a house, man, a nice home is going to, man, it's going to make me, it's going to make me just feel, it's going to complete me. You know what I learned about that? You buy, you got to upkeep it. If you don't keep pouring money into that house, you don't keep keeping it up. If you don't pay the man to spray for termites, if you don't do all these things to keep the house up, eventually that house is going to be worthless because it's going to fall apart. Everything we have in this world is falling apart, and the only thing that can hold you together is Jesus Christ. The only thing that's going to make life worth living is Jesus Christ. What he's saying in this parable is that when you value God more than anything else, you abandon everything and put him as number one priority of your life. And as I was reading that this week, it's like, God, why? Why don't we value you? You're the God of, you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You're the only God that ever was, that ever is. And how come we put ourselves up on the pedestal and we devalue you and we elevate ourselves? Why do we do that? And it's like God was speaking to me. He said that you have forgotten the sacrifice. We have forgotten what this day means, Easter. Let me tell you, 
newsflash for you. Easter does not mean sale at Macy's, all right? Easter doesn't mean I get to buy some new clothes for a good deal. Easter doesn't mean about the Easter bunny coming and all that good stuff. Easter doesn't mean those things. Easter is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we put all this weight on all these other things, and we elevate them way up here, and Jesus is just on Sunday. Jesus is something that we just go do. It's not who we are. It's not what our life is invested in. And he's saying if you're going to be a part of the kingdom, your whole life will be centered on the kingdom because you realize how great of a gift it was. And God brought me to Exodus chapter 12 this week. As I was thinking, you know, from, from April 10th to 18th, in Jewish, they celebrate, the Jews celebrate Passover. That's the Passover. And they celebrate Passover to remember what God delivered them from. You're picking them on putting down? If you don't know it or not, Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Every book of the Bible. We're finna talk about it right now and we'll show you. But the thing is, the Jews, the Israelites, they were in Egypt. They were in bondage. They were in, they were, they were in slavery to their little nation. They were bound. They, were, they couldn't get out. They were hopeless. And God said, I'm fixing to deliver you. I'm fixing to bring you out of this land. I'm fixing to bring you out of where you are. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Some of y'all in this place right now, if you've been in destitute, you've been in, in bad shape, you've been oppressed, you've been depressed, you've been, you've been felt like you've been held down. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And God said, I'm going, I want to deliver you from where you are, but you've got to listen to me. You got to walk with me. You got to obey me. That's what he's saying. That's what he's telling the Israelites. If you do these things, I'm fixing to deliver you in a great way. So they're sitting there waiting, and God's saying, All right, if you want to be delivered, if you want to get released from this bondage, if you want to be set free from the chains you're on, then let me tell you, you got to do these things. And he says this in verse 12. I mean, in verse, chapter 12, verse 3, he says, Tell the whole community, tell the whole community, of Israel, that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor. Having taken into account the number of people that there are, you are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with each person to eat. The animals you choose must be a year old males without defect. You must take them from the sheep or goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month. When all the members of the community of Israel must gather them at twilight and slaughter them. Then they are to take some blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the house where they are to eat the lamb. In verse 12, he says, On the same night I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all gods of Egypt. I am the Lord, and the blood will be a sign for you and the houses, on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. And God's saying, I'm fixing to cast judgment on these people that are oppressing you. I'm fixing to cast judgment on this. And the only way you're going to be saved, the only way your family's going to be saved, the only way that your prosperity, your livestock is going to be saved is you have to listen to me. He says, see, they celebrate Passover because of this event. He says, when you come, you need to take a lamb. 
a spotless lamb. And you need to separate it from the flock. You need to bring it out from the flock. You need to separate it from the flock. You need to bring it into your home and take care of it. So you got to separate that flock on the 10th day and you slaughtered on the fourth day. From the moment Jesus went into Jerusalem to the moment he was crucified was four days. Jesus was our spotless lamb. But he says you need to take that lamb and bring it into your house. You need to care for that lamb. They would take that lamb and bring it into their house and that lamb would eat with them. That lamb would sleep with them. When the bills were being rolled up, guess what? The lamb was there. When the mama and daddy was fussing in the house, the lamb was there. When the children were fussing, the lamb was there. When there was sickness in the house, the lamb was there. See, the only way that we're going to be saved is the lamb has to be in our house. Amen? The lamb's got to be the center of our life. The only way for us to be saved and our families to be saved is we have to be dedicated to the lamb of God. Jesus is the lamb. He's the pure, spotless lamb. He's saying you need to take this lamb and separate it. You know what? We're supposed to be a people that are separate from the world. Amen? We're not supposed to be like everybody else. We're not supposed to be like all your family. You're not supposed to be like all your friends. You're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be, God says we're supposed to be a peculiar people. We're supposed to be set apart. When people see you, they should see Jesus, not this religious person that goes to church. He says, if you want to be set free, if you want to be released from these chains, if you want deliverance, then you need to have the lamb in every part of your life. Why? Why was it so important? They took that lamb and brought it into the house. Because when you got a, when you got it in the house, it becomes personal. He wanted that sacrifice to be personal to you. The, the Israelites, they wanted the lamb to be personal. Think about you, think about, think about your, your pets. That, 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 that beloved dog or that horrible cat that you have in the house, that you, that you feed, that you nurture, that you love. If God said, hey, if you need deliverance from your house, you need to kill that animal and put the blood. Man, it, it would hurt your heart. It would hurt your heart. He wanted it to be personal because if it's not personal, it don't mean anything, amen? See, a lot of us take the sacrifice of Jesus that we don't take it personal. It don't mean anything to us. It's just, it's just Jesus. It's not our Savior, and he wanted it to be personal. And I can just think, I can just imagine that the kids were playing with the lamb and it was getting time and it was getting, so they, Daddy, why are you taking the lamb out? It's like, baby, we got, we got to go kill this lamb. It's going to save us. No, Daddy, don't do that. No, Daddy, we want the lamb to stay home. We want the lamb to be here. And he takes this lamb, this pure, spotless, white little lamb, innocent little lamb, and he kills it, takes the blood and puts it on his doorpost because the only way that his family was going to survive was through the blood of the lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you the only way that we're going to survive is if we really take the sacrifice of Jesus seriously. If we walk in the blood of the lamb every day. Because let me tell you, when Jesus came in to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, they were shouting, Hosanna. He, was, he had every one of you on his mind. He was walking through that. He was spotless. He was blameless. He hadn't sinned. He hadn't done anything wrong. He's walking every step of obedience to the Father. They're worth it. They're worth it. And God brings him. He hadn't done anything wrong. He crucified. He's hung on the cross. The moment Jesus dies, the veil was torn. They separated us from God. So that at that moment... If those of us that trust and believe in God, we have access to the Father because of the death of Jesus Christ. 
And then three days later, praise God, he rose from the dead, taking, taking the consequences of hell and death away from those who follow him, that trust in him, that believe in him, taking that away, that if we believe, trust, and follow Jesus Christ, we will have eternal life. Amen? That's the sacrifice he paid for us. He, he walks down these streets, and there's people that, that, that said they loved him when he was walking in the streets were saying, crucify him on Friday. People that said, they, they, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, and then they turned their back on him because everybody else was because he wasn't their Lord. They were serving Jesus at the time for what Jesus could do for them. How many of us serve God out of that? God, I'm going to serve you for, you can get me out of this situation that I'm in. God, I, I, we, we pray when, just so that we can get what we want. When we get what we want, we don't talk to God no more. How many of y'all got friends like that? All right, I'm the only one. All right, I'll raise my hand. People like that, it aggravates me. You don't hear from them for months, and they call you, be like, hey, can I borrow your truck? Be like, what's wrong with yours? Hey, can I borrow this? They only, you only talk to them when they need something. I don't want God to look at me like that and say, son, you only come to me when you need something, which really means you really don't care that much about me. You just care what I can provide for you. And he doesn't want that. He wants, you to, he wants to have your heart. See, the reason so many of us have not abandoned our old lifestyle and who we once were is because we don't value the sacrifice Jesus made. And that's what Easter is about. That's what we celebrate it every year is so we can remember what Jesus done for us. He was the spotless lamb. Through his blood, through the shed blood of, his, of, of Jesus, if we trust, believe, and follow him, we are covered by his blood. Amen? If we trust, if we believe, and we follow. See, we take in this whole thing of believe is, is just an acknowledgement. I got to acknowledge that Jesus, I got to believe that Jesus lived, died, and I believe in that. I believe in that. It's okay to believe. That's great to believe, but are you following him? See, that word believe meant that you were to trust, you were to follow, you were to just surrender to. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Because if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if, you're, if he's not the center of your life, if he's not, then you don't value Jesus. You don't value the sacrifice. You're just trying to serve him out of what you can get. You just want to get out of hell, not get Jesus. And, it, and it's important because God was constantly telling us this. Jesus was, keeps saying the kingdom of God is like because he wants us to understand that it's not about his easy believism. It's not about just us coming to church. It's not about us just saying I identify with Jesus. It's about us centering our life on him. Amen? Because when you find a great treasure, your whole life becomes about that treasure. It identifies who you are. Your life becomes different because of this treasure. You went from rags to riches because of this treasure. Let me tell you, I was bound, bankrupt, and destitute until I met Jesus. And when I met him in Woodstock, Georgia in 2008, when I met Jesus for the first time, I had been religious, going to church, going through the motions. But when I truly met Jesus, my priorities changed. My countenance changed. Everything changed. Everything changes when you truly value the sacrifice made for you. When you truly realize that, you know what? He gave his life so that I could have eternal life if I trust, believe, and follow him. Not that I just go to church and look religious. Not that I got a cool sticker on the back of my car. Not that I got some cool t-shirts I can wear. See, salvation was never about you. It was for you. It's a free gift for you. God saw you where you were, 
and he wants you to be with him in paradise forever, but you have to accept that gift and, and walk in that gift. Amen? And that means walking away from things that don't please God. That means obeying God, valuing God's opinion more than you value everything else. He says he sold everything because he valued God so much. We complain. Why don't we complain? Oh, I got to, you mean I got to quit hanging around what? You mean I got to, I got to stop doing what? We want to continue to live a life of sin and, and go to heaven. That don't work. Because what it's saying is I value myself more than I value God. Y'all picking on what I'm putting down? And if we value anything more than God, we don't love God. God says, if you love me, you'll obey me. God says, if you love me, you will, you will, you will surrender your life to me. You will, you will do the things I've asked you to do. And the only way we do that is if we understand the sacrifice given. I can't watch the passion of the Christ without just, just bawling. Of remembering that he did that for me. Every blood that dropped from his brow was, was for me, was for you. He could have stopped it at any minute. He could have sent down millions and millions of angels and wiped everybody out and said, you know, we're going to start fresh. We're going to do this thing again. Because that's what Jeremy would have done. But he valued those people. He valued you. And he says, God, my father's got a purpose in this. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to do what he's called us to do. I'm so thankful for what Jesus is doing. What are you living in response to the sacrifice given? Think about it, church. Think about it. He was the spotless lamb. See, they wanted him to realize that's the reason Jesus, that's the reason God told him to bring the lamb inside, bring him in the house, because he knew that if it was in the house, it would be personal. It's the lamb in your house. Is God in your house? Come on, think about it. Is he in your house? When you're doing the bills, is Jesus there? When, you, when, when, when things are going wrong in your house, do you turn to you or do you turn to Jesus? When you're sick, do you turn to Jesus or do you turn to what you can do? Because he wants to be all in your life, not a part of your life. It's either all or nothing because he knows how valuable he is. You might not know, but he does. What was that, uh, Ric Flair? He said, if you don't know, you better go ask somebody. Y'all know that? A great prophetic Ric Flair. He said, woo, after he said that. Y'all remember that? Of wrestling? I might be dating myself a little bit. But I, I, he said, if you don't know, you better go ask somebody. That's the thing. A lot of us don't know. We've been to church our whole life. We've lived in the South our whole life. We've heard about Jesus our whole life. We've heard about Easter our whole life. We, we know that Jesus died on the cross. We know all these things, but it has had no effect on our life. We haven't changed. We haven't, we haven't died to ourselves. See, when we die to ourselves, let me tell you what happens. The resurrected Savior resurrects us. I begin to live in a different light. I begin to live with a different purpose. I'm following Jesus, not for what Jesus can do for me, but what he has already done for me. I realize I have a Savior that identifies with me. My God was fully human and fully God. He knew, He knows the, the pain you go through. He knows the struggles you go through. He knows the, the, the chains that are binding you because they tried to bind him. But he was walking because he knew the value of the kingdom. Maybe today you need to say, God, give me eyes so I can see the kingdom. See, I think about Paul. Great, the great apostle Paul. He was, he was living a life the best way he knew how, he was doing the things what he thought was right, but he was living the life wrong. 
and contrary to the gospel. He was persecuting the church. But then on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus. And he was blinded by the splendor and glory of God. And later, the scales began to fall off his eyes when he really realized who he was now in Christ, and it changed everything about him. He says, he writes all these great letters, and he says, I count it all as loss in light of the glory of God. He said, I'm willing to let go of everything, even my own life, in order to please God. Nothing else is comparison to the glory of God. That's what he's saying. When the, when the scales finally come off his eyes, he started serving God in a different light. Some of you in this room, the scales need to come off this morning. You've been walking this blind religion too long, and it's time for you to experience the freedom, the power in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, my God wants to deliver you from what you're in. He wants to break the chains of addiction. He wants to break the chains that's in your life, but you've got to trust that he can do those things. We've got to quit coming to God like he is still in the tomb. My God is risen. My God is alive. He can change any situation. He's a chain breaker. Amen? He's a way maker. I love that song. He's a prison wall shaker. My God can do anything. But the reason you don't walk in that because you don't truly believe that, the reason you don't truly believe that is because you are not truly dedicated to the kingdom. Because when we're truly sold out to the kingdom, nothing matters but Jesus. Work can wait. Work and wait. I was a man that was consumed by having things. I was a man that was consumed by work. I was a man that was consumed by making that next dollar. Everything, it was my God. I worked harder. I I prided myself in working harder than everybody else. And then then, then when I worked, you know, 80, 90 hours a week, look at my bank account and see them zeros, and I just smile. You know who wasn't smiling? My wife, because she never saw me. I was neglecting the people closest to me in order to pursue something that was going to leave me bankrupt because I was always looking for more. It never, never failed. The more I bought, the more I made, the more I bought. And the more I bought, the more I had to make. And I became to be a slave to my possessions. And that's what you don't understand. God, doesn't, God wants you to be a slave only to him. If he's your master, you will only want to live to please him. And if we're working our whole lives, we're doing all these things, it's showing the world that all this means more to me than Jesus. So does it mean that we're supposed to sell everything we got and live in poverty? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that everything else should be not near as important as Jesus is. If we're truly men and women of the kingdom, nothing else is important as God is in your life. The acceptance of other people is not as important. What other people think is not as important is what God thinks. Nothing is more important. If you went home right now, I think about the Beverly Hillbillies. You know, old Jed, he's out there just doing his thing, out there hunting some rabbits, and he shoots, and there comes some oil comes bubbling out. What What does he do? He don't just go, all right, cover that up. No, he knew what he had right there. So old Jed, old dumb hillbilly Jed, he went and he's, what did he say? First thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. Ken folks said, hey, move away from there. He, he, he became, he said, you know what? I realized that I have all this money. I have all these things. This, this, this one event has changed my entire life. And he moves into another bigger, huge house, an environment he's never been in before. It's the same way. 
Not that you're going to be rich by no means. But when you truly accept Jesus, your Lord and Savior, truly follow Jesus, it changes everything. It takes you out of where you are and he puts you where he wants you to be. Amen? He begins to make you into the image that he wants you to be. Not what you think you should be. Five years ago, 10 years ago, you would not have told me that I would be right here preaching right now. And if you would have told my wife, she would have laughed at you hysterically. But my God has a way of changing your plans into what he has. And a lot of you in this room, you've been wondering, what's God want me to do? What's God want me to do? Well, let me tell you, first thing, you got to surrender. And then he'll show you what to do. Because let me tell you, you're not going to be doing what you want to do unless you're doing what God wants you to do. You'll be, you won't be happy. You won't be peaceful. Will be, you'll always be unrest. You'll be wrestling. There'll always be this uneasiness until you surrender to the things God has for you to do if you're a child of God. See, God's called us to be a people that are sold out to him. See, what I love about the story about the Passover lamb is that for those four days, those people, their whole life revolved around keeping that lamb alive. Their whole life revolved around, let's, let's make, make sure you feed the lamb. Make sure, because make, that lamb can't die. Because that, that lamb dies, we won't have, we, we, won't, we, won't be, we won't have anything to, to cover our family. Don't let that lamb die. They constantly, every day, just be intentional feeding that lamb. Are you intentional feeding the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you nurturing that gift that God gives you? Are, you? are you reading God's word? Are you seeking after God every single day? Because that's, that, that's digging deep. Is God in your life every single day? Because if you are truly all about the gospel, if you are truly, if you've abandoned everything, you say, God, you're more worthy than everything then you know what? I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to nurture that. I want, I want, to, I want you to, to just be everything in my life. I'm not just going to be in my, I don't want you to just be in my life on Sunday. I want you to be in my life on Monday and Tuesday. I want to wake up with you every single day. I want to walk through life with you. I want to go to work with you. Lord, come to work with me today, God. I want you to be with me every day. I, I, don't, I don't want to go to sleep without you, Lord. Come, come Lord. Let's, let's do this. Come, come, Lord. Wake up with me, Lord. Go to the hunting stand with me, Lord. Go to, the, go to the river with me, Lord. You want Jesus to be with you every, every step you go. But instead, we walk and we're like, you know what? Hold up, hold up, God. Stay right here. I'll be back in a minute. And we walk over here and we do our own thing. And when we get through doing our own thing, we come back and we're like, all right, let's go. Come on. Come on, let's go, Lord. That ain't how it works. He said, that's how it's going to be. You don't really love me. You don't really trust me. You don't really obey me. You don't really value me. And the reality is this, guys. It's either you love him or you don't. It's either you value him or you don't. It's either, you know what, God? I'm pursuing you with everything I have. He said either it's all or nothing. And we think that we can give him a little bit and we're going to be able to just, you know, like that song says, I just want to live on the outskirts of heaven. If you want to live on the outskirts of heaven, you don't know Jesus. Amen? I want to live on the outskirts. I want to be right there in the middle of that thing. Praising God. God's called us to be his people. God's called each and every one of you in this room to be a child of the king. He's given you this free gift. He's given you the opportunity. But the thing is, we have to act on that opportunity. Amen? Talk to me this morning. Y'all with me? Y'all sleeping? Come on. The egg hunt will work later. We'll do that later. We're talking about Jesus right now. The thing is, 
he doesn't want a little bit of your life. And until he has all of your life, nothing's gonna change in your life. You may be good, for, you may do good for a little bit. There may be a season, but if he's not your anchor, if he's not your hope, if he's not your all, when bad stuff happens, you're gonna turn away. Jesus wanted his people to understand there's a cost involved in following me. He says that in the last days, everyone that calls to me, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do these things? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you because they were just going through the motions and he didn't have their heart. Because when God truly has your heart, everything changes. You, become the, you, you can be the husband that God's called you to be. Amen? You can be the wife God's called you to be. You can love people that are unlovable when you are truly devoted to God. It's time that we stop giving God excuses. God, you know how difficult they are. Yeah, he knows. He made them. He knows. It tripped me out this week. I, I'm, it, people find out I'm a preacher, and it's like all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? I was talking to a guy this past week. He walked out of the store, and he had a, he had a 40 wrapped up in a, in a um, brown paper bag. He walked in. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? He's shaking my hand. We were talking. He's like, what you doing now? I said, oh, man, I'm a, I'm a pastor. He was like, oh, man, oh, man. He started turning. He, had his, he was like, oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, hey, brother, let me tell you something. I'm not God. He's seen you when you bought that thing. He's seen you when you were thinking about going to the store and getting that thing. I'm just a man. I said, but if we're going to please God, we got to turn away from those things. See, that's the thing. God puts his hand on stuff in our life. He puts his hand on bitterness. He puts his hand on addiction. He puts his hand on lust. He puts his hand on adultery. He puts his hand on all these different things in our life. And we have a choice to say, God, I'm more important, and my feelings are more important than you. And when we do that, you know what happens? We say that I'm more valuable than your, than your kingdom. And we've got to get to the place. If he truly is the center of your life, he truly is the most precious thing you've ever had, that ever had given to you, if he's the most precious thing, then guess what's going to happen? When he puts his hand on those things, we're going to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give away our rights to be angry. We give away our rights to be bitter. We give away our rights to, to be right. Me and Dallas were talking about something. It was a very intense talk, more like an argument. But we were talking, and uh, he said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, I don't want to be right. And I was like, well, good, because you ain't. <laughs> he said, I don't want to be right. Like, I don't want to be proud. I don't want, I'm, I'm pursuing this like I want to be right. He said, I just want to be approved. I want to make sure that I'm right in God's eyes, not in my own. And that really spoke to me. I didn't tell him that at the time, but it really spoke to me because it's like so many times we're worried about us being right in our own eyes, but we're not right in God's eyes. We're doing things for the wrong reasons. We're doing things for our own, for what we want it to look like instead of what God wants to look like. But if we're living our life in light of the kingdom and the sacrifice Jesus made every day, we have to wake up and realize he did this for me today. He rose out of that grave for me today. He chose to do this for me. So I'm going to serve him every day. I'm going to live every day for him. I'm going to surrender those, those, those harboring those bad feelings today. I want to tell you, one of the things God's been laying on my heart this whole year is how God's people 
have been powerless in the eyes of the world because we choose not to forgive those that have hurt us. Nothing shows people the radical love of Jesus Christ than forgiving somebody that don't deserve it. Nobody shows the radical love of Jesus when we didn't deserve forgiveness and somebody comes and says, you know what? I, I know that, that what happened was wrong and I'm sorry. When some people do that to me, I'm like, whoa, what just happened? What just happened? Because it shows that they don't care what they look like. They don't care about anything but making God look good. Our whole purpose from the moment we're born is to glorify God. Amen? We, in John chapter 15, he says that we produce fruit in order to glorify God and prove that we are his disciples. So the more we're walking away from who we are and walking more into God, walking more and more into Christ's likeness, changing who we are, pursuing God more, it's giving God glory. Because see, what I love, when you read the Bible, and you read the story of Job, and one of the things Satan said, he said, if you take away the things he has, He's going to curse you. Pretty much what he was saying was, Job's only serving you for the blessings he has right now. But you take away those blessings, and he's going to curse you. And boy, so, so God tested him in that. And Job found to be faithful. He didn't love God just because of what God could do for him. He loved God for being God. Because he realized nothing would be right without God. And in light of the cross, in light of what Jesus has done, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not something we come and say, thank you, Jesus, for, for, for raising from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. That's not enough. It's to walk in that every day in a, with a thankful heart and a gra- out of gratitude. If somebody looks at you right now and says, man, thank you for what you've done for me, and then five minutes later they slap you in the face, you don't think that they were lying, Right? A lot of us are lying to God every day. We're telling him, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. But then we choose not to obey him. And God's called us. If we're going to be his true disciples, if we're truly child of the king, if eternity is where we're going to end up, then guess what? His good, his glory, everything he wants will mean more to us than anything we want to do. And I know that's tough. We don't want to hear stuff like that. We want God to pat us on the back and say, you know what? It's okay. It's okay. You can still cheat on your wife. It's okay. You can still be mad at your neighbor. It's okay. You can still throw rocks out at your your family next door. It's okay. You can put nails in the road. You know, it's okay. You can do things like that. You can be facetious. You can be nasty. It's okay because you're going to heaven. That ain't what he died for. He died so that we may be made more into the likeness of Christ Jesus. And the moment that we really, truly decide to follow Christ, really, when you truly decide to follow Jesus, something something awesome happens, church. Something awesome happens. When you truly decide to follow Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're filled with the Holy Spirit, which enables you to live this life out. You have the spirit of living God living inside of you. Some of you looking at me like I'm crazy right now, but I'm telling you, it's the real deal. The thing that happened is I remember I was just going through the motions trying to modify my behavior because that's all I could do because I didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of me. But when Jesus came inside of me, when I truly made the commitment and said, God, I'm going to follow you, the Holy Spirit came inside of me, and I began to change, walk away from things that had been bound for years. There's power in Jesus. 
But the only way that happens is we have to value him more than anything else. So this Easter, Jesus is saying this whole thing is pointing to the kingdom. This Easter, everything is pointing to God. Jesus valued God more than anything else. So he went to the cross to accomplish his will. Jesus died for us. And we won't even live for him. The most important thing that we do as Christians is following Jesus. And we've made this illusion in church culture to where, you know what? I've raised my hand and I've made a commitment to follow Jesus and I've been baptized, so therefore I'm good with God. And you know what? I'll get right as I go, but I'm not pursuing him. Church, God wants you to make that commitment real. The only way. I, I said this analogy last week, and, and, and God just keeps bringing it to my heart, and I'm going to keep saying it until he tells me to shut up. But one of the things is this. And on June 7, 2013, I stood before God and my family and my friends, and I made a commitment to my wife. To love, to honor, to cherish her, to death do his part. And there were some times it was really closer to death than anything. But let me tell you, I made that commitment to her. When I got married that day, I walked out of the, I walked out of the church with a certificate that said I was married. And I made a commitment to my wife that day, right there. But you know what proved to her every day that I really honor that commitment? That I really believe in that commitment, that I really love her like I say I love her. It's how I treat her, by how I live every day, by my actions every day. If I would have left that church, went to the house, changed clothes and picked up and called my old girlfriend, was like, hey girl, what you doing tonight? Guess what? It would have proved to my wife that I didn't, that didn't mean anything, that I was just doing that for show. If I would have went back, and continue to, to pursue other women. If I, would have, if I would have never began to change. Let me tell you, when you get married, there's some things you got to change. If you don't know that, you'll learn it. But there's things about me that I had to change because it, it aggravated Sabrina. And I loved her more than I loved myself. And sometimes, it, some things it took her a little longer to break. I still throw clothes on the floor. She don't like that. She told me that first day, don't throw your clothes on the floor. I still do that from time to time. I can't help it. It's, I'm trying. But that's how we do. I began to change because I took that commitment serious. And you know what? When life got bad, when our marriage was hell, when everything in me was saying quit, when everything in her was saying stop, I kept coming back to that commitment that I made. 
And I said, you know what? I'm not a liar. I made a commitment to God. I made a commitment to you. And I'm not going to like a fool. I made a commitment. And I'm going to stand in it. And even though it doesn't matter now, I want to quit. I want to stop. I want to find me that somebody else is going to make me feel better. I'm, 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 done, I'm, I'm done with this. I couldn't get away from the commitment. And the moment you raise your hand and say, yeah, I have decided to follow Jesus, you're making a commitment to God. They're saying, I'm going to love you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to cherish you until I meet you in glory. And what shows God that you are real about that commitment that you made. I don't care if you're 12 years old, if you're 20 years old, if you're 120 years old. What shows God the commitment that you truly made that day shows how you live your life. Not that you were a good boy or girl that went to church, that you went to Sunday school, that you went to church all the time. Not those religious things, but that he really has your heart. That you wake up every morning thinking about him. Nothing shows me that my wife loves me when she sends me text messages and say, I'm crazy about you. Nothing makes me feel giddy inside when I get a text message that says, I love you. Are we sending God that message with the way we live our life? Because if he is the center of our life, if he is everything, if we truly treasure him more than anything else, if he is our savior, if he is our king, if he is our Lord, then everything in our life will fail to comparison to the glory of God in our life. And people will see that you love Jesus more than anything else and it will change the way people treat you. It will change the way you treat others. That's why Jesus kept saying in his parables, the kingdom of God is like, because he wants us to understand that it's not about just painting a picture that you're holy. He was speaking to those religious people, the Pharisees that were doing all the right things. They were following all the rules, but their hearts were far from God. You can read your Bible. You can pray. You can come to church, but if God doesn't have your heart, you're just going through the motions. God wants you to change. God wants you to grow. He wants you to be closer to him today than you were 10 years ago, than you were yesterday. And growth shows love. If that man would have found that treasure on the ground, he'd have been like, oh, that's awesome. And he would have walked away from it and never recovered it again. It would have showed that he valued what he had more than that. And so many of us, every single day, we walk away from the most precious thing God's ever given us in order to pursue the things that we want. And God's telling us that if you are in the kingdom, you will value me more than anything else. You will value me more than your comfort. You will value me more than your money. You will value me more than your spouse. You will value me more than your children. You will value me above everything else. And if he is the Lord of our life, he is the king of your life, if he is who you serve, then that will be characteristics of your life. You can't live in open rebellion against God. You can't live in sin knowing that it don't please God and say that he is the king of your life. It don't work out, church. So God's called us to recklessly abandoning everything we once were in order to follow him because of the sacrifice of his glorious son, Jesus. And that's what we celebrate today. That Jesus saw you worthy enough to give his life, to 
so he could cover you with his blood. So that when God looks at you, when you're truly following him and you truly love him, you truly he is, when he looks at you, he says, there's my son and, I'm, and he's well approved. He doesn't see you for your sin. He sees you for Jesus because he covers you. And the only way that covering is gonna last, the only way that covering is gonna, gonna, be, gonna be there is if we truly are following Jesus. That's my heart for every one of you in this room. That's my heart for you today. Not that you're a good person. Not that you've done good things. Not that you're a great mom or great dad. I'm, 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 I'm excited that you're those things. But if I die today, let me tell you what, I want to get to heaven. I want to see all of you. The only way that happens is you've got to surrender your life to Jesus. He has to be the center of everything you are. He's got to be the king. He's got to be the center. He's got to be everything. He says, I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. Jesus says, no one gets to the Father except through me. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If we believe, trust, and follow Jesus, if he is the everything we are, then we will inherit every, eternal life. But if we're more worried about us, our money, our jobs, our businesses, our families, we're more worried about all that stuff than we are about God, then we're going to wake up one day and we're going to bust hell wide open because he never had our heart. And I can never be more serious than I am right now with you guys. Jesus don't want a little bit of you. God doesn't want a little bit of you. He didn't give you a little bit of Jesus. He gave you all of his son. Jesus poured out his entire life. He poured out every drop of blood for you, to cover you. So why wouldn't we give everything of us to him? So this Easter, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. If you realize you've been walking through religion, you've been just walking, playing games, you've been going through the motions, that if you died right now, if you died today, that he's not the center of your life. You might have made a commitment a long time ago, but you've never shown God that you take that serious that you never have been serious. It was just something you did one time. That if he came back right now, that you would make it to glory. We'd all hold hands and walk out together. But if you don't know that, I want to give you the opportunity to surrender to Jesus, to surrender your life to God and say, you know what? I want to count him more greater than me. I want to give my life to him. I want to quit playing the game. I want to quit posing and playing the part. I want to be the real deal. And the way we do things at Connection is we say, we want you to raise your hand. Anybody can bow their hand and raise their hand in shame, but I serve a risen Savior that I'm proud of. And if you really want to serve God, you will raise your hand and say, I want to follow Jesus. And that's how we roll here at Connection. Because I serve a God I'm proud of. So if you want to serve Jesus, if you want to surrender your life to him, if you truly want to give it all to him today, I challenge you to raise your hand so we can celebrate. Amen. 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 I pray team. Amen. 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 Keep your hands up for my brothers and come. We can pray with you. Amen. Amen. We just want to pray, take you and pray with you and encourage you to your next step. Y'all bear with me. Y'all know I was going to do this. Let's pray.
praise God one more time. Praise you, Jesus. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Does that excite anybody up in here? Amen. Because that don't excite you, you have forgotten where God brought you from. And see, that's where a lot of us were walking in powerlessness. We're not walking in the power of God because we have forgotten where he met us. Have you forgotten where God found you? You've forgotten where you were when you truly decided to follow Jesus. When you forget that, you lose your sensitivity. You lose your, your desire. You lose those things. And maybe today God's saying, child, come home. Maybe God's telling you today, look, your life this past week, this life, your life the past year has shown that you value yourself more than you value me. Maybe it's today's the day that you say, you know what, God, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. God, you've had my heart the whole time, but God, my life hadn't reflected it. I want to truly surrender that to you. God, here's, here's some things. Maybe you got your list. I know you got your list. You got your list of things that you struggle with right now. There's things in your mind flowing through right now. I struggle with this. I struggle with pornography. I struggle with, with this. I struggle with that. I struggle with, with all these things. You got these lists of things you got, they're struggling with. Why do you keep trying to handle it on your own when you serve a God that can deliver you just like that? You have to come to him with that assurance, with that freedom and saying, God, I want you to take this stuff from me so that I can glorify you. And if we're people that truly want to glorify God, if we want to show the world that he is the center, he is the center of our life, then we'll deal with the sin. We'll let God do whatever he wants to. If it takes him chiseling it out of our heart with a pick knife, that's fine. Even though it may be a little painful, I'd rather go through a little pain and please Jesus than be comfortable and be and, and, and disproving. Disappointing, not disproving, disappointing. So today, when I, as our worship band comes up, and when I start praying, if God's moving in your heart to, to, to give things to him, if there's stuff you've been struggling with for years you just need prayer for, come on, we'll pray for you. Because I serve a risen Savior. I serve a risen Savior. That's not dead, that hears, and he's willing to heal. We just got to come. He's willing to change you. He's willing to deliver you, but we've got to come with this acceptance heart of saying, God, I want you taking this out. So let's do business with God, amen? Are you gonna do business with God today? Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna serve God out of a great, grateful heart. We're gonna sing out of gratitude of what he's done for us. We're gonna come and say, God, I, when I leave here, I wanna make sure that I am back on center. Some of y'all been driving to church. Some of y'all been driving through life like a wheel with the hub messed up. It's just wobbling all over the place. It ain't on center. Maybe you wobbled all the way to church today. And God's going to put your lug nuts back on. And that thing's going to roll just as good and pretty as you ever did see going home. But you've got to come to him intentionally. Because if you don't allow him to screw back your life, then you'll leave here the same way you came. And that's not what he's called us to be. So let's go to the Lord. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, with boldness and assurance of knowing that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, we come to you thanking you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice you've made for us. And God, I praise you for just how you have just moved in here today. God, I pray for every brother and sister sitting here in these seats today. I pray for every person that is under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that, Lord, you would reveal. God, you would touch right now. God, you'd reach right now and you'd touch their heart. 
God, you would touch the bitterness. You would touch the fear. You would touch the disapproval. You would touch the alcohol. You would touch the drug addiction. God, you would touch the affair. God, you would touch the pornography. God, you would touch the lying. God, you would touch the stealing. God, you would touch every aspect of our life. God, you would touch the things that in, in their life that doesn't please you. And God, you would just pour out your spirit upon them so that they can't sit in their seat, Lord. Father, I pray that you'd move in a mighty way so that when we leave this place, we're changed. And that, God, people can feel the power, the saving power, your delivering power today, Lord. God, we thank you for coming out of the grave. And, Lord, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you can come out of the grave, God, if you can come out of the grave, then, God, you can heal anything. God, you can change anybody. God, you can move any mountain. And, God, we praise you for that today, for being that God, that, that, that awesome God. You are the Jehovah Jireh, God. You are the, the God that heals. You are Jehovah Nisi, Lord. You are the God that can do amazingly, abundantly more than anything we have ever imagined. So, God, I pray today that you would pour out your spirit upon us and we would leave here changed and transformed and God we would leave here on fire and God we pray right now God that you would do an amazing thing in us and through us today God help us Lord not leave here under in, in any kind of distress Lord give us peace today show us Father but God I pray that if we're stubborn hearted that God you would make our lives miserable and our nights long before we surrender our things our problems our lives to you God help us Lord be pleasing in your sight in your son's holy name we pray amen